0: Hey everybody, this is Sean from Low Code Approach. Before we hop in today's episode, I want to let you know that we are collecting everyone's thoughts on what topics we should cover for the upcoming season. To submit them, hopefully you're not driving. If you are, wait until you get somewhere safe. But go to aka.ms forward slash low code topic request. That's all one word. aka.ms forward slash low code topic request. From there, enter what topics you'd like us to cover in the upcoming season And who knows, maybe we'll be able to get to them and get to the best people at Microsoft to talk to. Anyway, thanks for listening. We're excited to get your thoughts. hey everybody welcome to a new episode of the low code approach i'm sean feeney a senior product marketing manager at microsoft and i'm joined by
1: i'm wendy haddad i'm a senior cloud solution architect and delivery lead and a former microsoft customer and i'm joined by
0: fresh from
2: vacation not really sure if i am who i say i am but i am dr no ken aguillard principal program manager our platform
0: that is probably the most well rested intro I've ever heard. Thank you, Dr. No. No, 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 no. I'm just being nice. Ken's back and I'm trying to gradually get him ready for this. So, we put out a form to get requests for information in, in topics that we wanted covered. And the first topic that we got was Dataverse and some really good questions around that. And I said, I know a guy. I know a guy that knows Dataverse. And so, I reached out and he said, How'd you get my email? And I said, oh, whoops. And so I had Ken and Wendy reach out. And so we've got Mike Bassani on on the program to talk about Microsoft Dataverse. Mike Bassani is a partner PM manager on Dataverse. How you doing, Mike? Doing well. First time in a long time. Happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think what we'll do to, to start the questions rolling, though, is kind of go into a, a pretty general question of, What is Microsoft Dataverse and what are the benefits of using Microsoft Dataverse for data management and integration? As as I mentioned, thrilled to be
3: here. Thanks again for having me. And I would say that a few years ago, the thought that Dataverse was actually showing up in one of these forums was probably very uncommon to anyone in the platform team. The fact that people are thinking about Dataverse, asking questions about Dataverse just shows the progression that the platform has been on. So if you're not familiar with Dataverse you can think of it as the railroad tracks that really are underpinning everything that's happening inside our Power Platform. It's the low-code platform that spans Azure, Dynamics, anything that you see in the Power Platform. It's effectively managed SQL. It's got some off-governments and lifecycle management pieces into it. But it is really the infrastructure and the data platform, the polyglot that powers the Power Platform of Microsoft.
1: So you just mentioned SQL, but then there's Dataverse. As well, and I'd love to understand from a security perspective what is setting DataVerse apart, right? With those tools, are there certain compliance features that we should be considering when you're thinking of DataVerse, and how does maybe integrate or work with those other tools like SharePoint or SQL Server?
3: Yeah, it's a great question, and I think you know behind DataVerse, there's a lot of things going on. That's one of the things that has really kind of risen its, I think, value to the organization and external users over the past few years, as I've mentioned. There's a lot of ways that you can get data into Dataverse. You mentioned SQL Server, there's Azure Data Lake, uh, ADLS and Gen2, there's the SharePoint list if you're building Power Apps. And so Dataverse comes with a variety of different uh, security components built inside of it in terms of governance and uh, authorization management, uh, token creation, uh, even on behalf of for our admins and, and also for our users. And so when I think about the security associated with Dataverse, probably the most simple thing that I like to always start with is the construct of security differently in Dataverse from Azure. And so in Azure, we look at things at the tenant level. You've got that tenant construct that exists. Dataverse has that as well, but you also have the concept of environments. And so these environments have individual protections associated with them and allow the admins who are operating in the Power Platform Admin Center, sometimes referred refer to that as PPAC, the ability for a different degree of granularity. These environments can be unmanaged, they can be managed, and you have a different set of parameters associated with the environment security construct. And so I'm sure we'll get into, you know, connections and, and features of you know how you think about connections and making sure that they are secure. But from that standpoint, Dataverse looks at all the different input sources that are coming into to the platform itself as individual sources. And it allows the tenant construct and then the environment subconstruct to manage them individually. And so I think that's really important when we're thinking about what we're building power apps off or how we're thinking about delegating user ownership or on behalf of to individual users, having a strong hierarchy of environments, using different environments for intended purposes, production, pre-production testing, what have you, is really kind of an important piece. You, You see a lot of issues today that perhaps are created because of environment knowledge opportunities a lot of things that are happening in default environments versus you know, individual environments that perhaps have more specific intent. And I think that's one thing that I'd probably want to educate the broader community with is really the importance of the environment construct and, and who's part of
2: that. I'm trying not to get triggered by all the goodness you just gave us here and, and whatnot. I'll have a um, some coffee. That that
3: sounds like we're going to go really deep now.
2: <laughs> you said a few keywords inside of there and you know, security, governance, and so on. Let's maybe talk a little bit about data structures and maybe dip our toe into data exfiltration. So one of the common concerns that we hear from customers is simply, how do I protect my data? How do I structure my security model inside of Dataverse? Can you maybe start talking a little bit about just the inherent roles that we provide out of the box? for our customers and how they should maybe, as general guidance, very high level, if you will, use some of those. And, and
3: I will start with saying that I probably do not have like the litany of role delegation in front of me and, and I'll we'll do my best to add some of the additional content to the show notes around specific roles that we can we can have. But I'll speak to maybe at the top, one of the important components around data exfiltration is really how we think about connections. SharePoint was brought up by Wendy earlier and I think SharePoint is is, from a, an absolute usage standpoint, far and away kind of the preeminent way that people get started with Dataverse and get started with with Power Apps. And I think one of the things that's important here is the separation between the types of connections we have. And so as a user, there's kind of two main users, I think to your point, Dr. No, and there's, there's a variety of security delegations that are being worked on or that, that exist, and then others that are being worked on to give more control over what that looks like. There's the admin, And then your your users or your delegate, and you have delegate permissions within that space. You also have two types of connections. You have explicitly shared connections, in which there is authentication that must go kind of to and from. It's that handoff that token with SQL Server and the explicit credentials. And so you have things like you know on behalf of, but also ADA, and those handshakes or those contracts are in place for those shared connections. And then there's implicitly shared connections, which is where a maker or an admin has created something and that the users are using that individual's credentials to access. And in those situations, there is not an authentication that takes place. And so I think one of the education pieces that comes up when we're talking about the various ways that organizations and makers are using Power Platform to do different things is what type of connection do you actually want to create based on what you want to give your users access to and based on the environment to which that data resides. And so when I think about, you know, the power that comes with things like Power Automate or the way in which, you know, individuals are building power apps off default environments, not perhaps understanding the implications of an explicit or an implicit shared connection can lead to misaligned intent on data exfiltration. And I think it's a great call-up that as you're, as you're a builder, as you're a maker, as you're getting into this, having a design pattern in mind of what is behind the connection that I am providing and do I want the individuals who have access to said information may lead you to a different
2: decision on a role delegation or also the connection that you're taking. So Mike, let's double click on something you just said just now, and that is the connection that you're providing. So there's a symbiotic relationship between Dataverse and connector controls, or what we also know as data policies, DLP. So let's just take a hypothetical scenario where I have Dataverse instance A in environment A, Dataverse instance B in environment B. And how would potentially I prevent, say, the data from moving from A to B if I had some type of perhaps ill intent to move that data? So in this
3: situation, a user has access to both A and B, or a user has access to only A and he's going to put it in B for nefarious reasons.
2: I'll leave that to your imagination, but I think you're touching on it, right? It's having to do with permission. So what customers ask us is, how do I prevent this? How do I ensure that my data integrity? And you're touching into it, right? And that's talking about the permissioning of Dataverse. So each instance, I'm not trying to lead you here, Mike, but you'd be able to set the security structure of each, right, could you maybe? Elaborate a little bit on that.
3: Yeah, that's right. And sorry, I kind of maybe jumped the shark a little bit on just trying to think about that design in my head a little bit of the problem or, or designing it for you, Dr. No. And so to that vein, you know, when you have that environment construct, the permissions associated with it as delegated by the admin is critical. And so as someone who is in charge of that, let's call it environment A, you're going to want to ensure that the people that are part of that, the users that are part of that environment have the right access. And there are a few different types of security components to this in terms of like the security that's in place, right? So you have app level security, you have row level security, you have form level security, and you have field level security. And it, we're continuing to add feature security to this in terms of even, you know, having the stars and column masking and other things like you would see, like when you type in a credit card into a field to improve the way that you can have security at granular levels for users like who maybe want access to the data, but they don't need to know the specific data. Maybe they don't need to know your birthday PII information. Maybe they don't need to know the credit card, but they want to do some some effective matching, or they want to create an application that's hydrated by that information. Those kind of parameters of security exist at the environment level, and you can delegate who has access to what pieces of, of information. Now, as you get into the exfiltration or the data copy, in some cases, there's a few different ways in which you can project data out, and there's virtualization, virtual tables, and uh, there's ways that you can actually connect in with Dataverse Sync from Fabric or from other sources. The permissions and the administration of users at the environment level is the big red button for administrators and for users. And so when you're thinking about how you can create an information architecture that allows users to move information from A to B. You want to make sure that those policies that are attached to that information at the table level are reflective of your current information and security structure. And I think this is where I get a little bit nervous when I hear people talk about not having managed environments or doing everything perhaps with SharePoint without version management and, and region control and rings. Like these are the things that we are trying to evangelize as best practices. And it's great to be here to talk about it. And And for those that are really interested, we're going to continue to have increased security documentation and posture available. And if there's things that are missing, this is an area of investment for us too, just to make it cleaner, and more simple. So I talked about Security Center and other things that we're doing to try and lower the ease to which administration of of users takes place.
0: Hey, Mike. So thank you for all of that. I do want to pivot a little bit because I know you're busy and we don't have all day to talk to you. And I don't know if you want to talk to us for all day either, actually. But what I'd like to pivot and talk about is a little bit about Copilot and Dataverse's role with Copilot specifically around plugins. And what does that mean for people that are authoring Copilots? How do they extend their Copilots? and what is dataverse's role in either customizing or extending copilots with data from dataverse and potentially other sources yeah it's really excited to talk about the position of, of kind of copilot
3: and for those who may not have seen the ignite announcement you know we released this microsoft copilot studio which is part of the power family and powered by dataverse so like it's one of the many outputs to which our platform is supporting today. And so Sean mentioned plugins. Now these these terms are changing a lot on a kind of a weekly and a monthly basis in terms of like, what is a plugin? What is a copilot? What is a GPT? How is a GPT different from an assistant? I'll do my best to represent like the current state thinking in terms of how we're thinking about plugins, how that's maybe similar or different than what OpenAI is doing and how that kind of manifests itself specifically in kind of the position that we're having in Copilot Studio. So you have over 1200 Power Platform connectors available to you today you know, through Dataverse. The next step in that is creating actions associated with those connectors. And so we've done some work to say, you can append a manifest file or the Swagger file in a connector to turn that into a plugin. And what does a plugin effectively do? Well, a plugin allows a large language model, or often we call them like an orchestrator, to be able to call said connector and retrieve information. And one of the things that was important for us, and as we've gone through this journey and seen the evolution of these large language models and generative AI is, you know orchestrating over these kind of sets of data is really fun in ChatGPT and other pieces, but from an enterprise standpoint, it needs to be topical to the data that is, matters to kind of to your business or your organization. And so, because we have this connector ecosystem, the first step really for us was taking kind of the construct that we had in back in the day in Power Virtual Agents and building bots, and the construct that we had historically on building connectors and Power Platform, and bringing those two approaches together in Copilot Studio to be able to bring and build kind of your own. Copilots for now, and modify your connectors and turn them into plugins. In terms of bringing actually the the data for the large language model to reason over, and so that's really what we've been working on. It's probably the majority of my my day and the team's weeks is spent on thinking about how we can make that easier. And so one of the things that we did just before the December holiday break was added the ability to bring in an OpenAI plugin directly into Copilot Studio. So if you played around with OpenAI, whether you have the developer kit or not you may have seen some of their plugins. And so you can actually just go ahead and copy that file path directly in and Swagger and have it show up in Copilot Studio. And now you're seeing with the release of the Microsoft Copilot SKU that you can now publish these plugins to M365. And so maybe we'll talk more about kind of the direction that we're going, but lots happening
2: in this space and it's fun to be a part of it. So Mike, that's great news, but here's a question for you right here. And I don't want you to think that all my questions are negative, but they usually are. I am Dr. No, after all i must uphold the name so how does the customer sort of maintain the integrity of the plugins and the data you know the old adage of you know bad data in bad data out so if you're using copilot with bad data that you're providing to it is the expectation of course that you're going to get similar results out of copilot now
3: well i think your old adage of garbage in garbage out holds true regardless of large language models i'd say few different things about how data comes in to be kind of reconciled or reasoned over and how Copilot is assisting the data piece itself, because I actually separate them into two parts. There's the work that's being done to make data hygiene and tagging, uh, uh, security tags or other things, easier through Copilot reasoning. And that's one side of it. And then there's the hydration of large language models and surfacing that data across other vectors, in which case there's not really any transform of the data happening. You know, If you think about that extract transform load ETL type concept, if it's bad over there, it's gonna be bad over here. It might look in a little bit more verbose and you hear about things like hallucinations. And that's a byproduct of the large language model, picking up on the, the lexical matches of some of that data, reflecting it in a way that it thinks is right and then producing it to the user so those things are going to occur and and the quality of the data landscape is going to be kind of a critical input to making sure that the data that shows up in inside your team's chat through a plugin is effectively correct that said that's like a very much a root cause problem from a, from a data standpoint. So like if you have the data versioning issues or residency problems or not reflective of your current state, like that's kind of job number one, like Copilot won't save your life. It's just going to help you show that data in more places. I think what we're trying to do on this side of it is maybe that you append data or you're able to get to data from different places that you maybe were not able to kind of explore before and so marrying web data or marrying microsoft graph data marrying dataverse data today that's that actually you know quite difficult to do when you're building apps or even when you're putting together you know your weekly business reviews and so by using plugins across the different vectors of microsoft you can begin to bring in information that previously was very difficult to access and not difficult from a security perspective because I know that's where you're going to go. Difficult, maybe, to append from an ability to aggregate, for example, all my emails from Dr. No. That maybe t- there's a search function for that, but taking those, reasoning over them, and representing them to me in a summary would probably take some time. And now I could look at that and also bring in the number of apps that have been associated with you as an author. Now I have a one page summary of the things we've spoken about as well as any new app you've created in the last thirty days. That you know, then that becomes, you know, a little bit more interesting. So hopefully that talks to a little bit about the garbage in, garbage out. That this is not a panacea, but it definitely makes availability easier.
1: It's still a co pilot. It's not the pilot. Right, and so you're right. It's telling that holistic story, and I've been noticing that work is getting faster in some of those connection. You know, drawing the big picture, bringing all the data, but it's still my data. I'm kind of have a mantra I've been trying to to tell is that organizations, even if they don't have access to Copilot now, maybe a license isn't a licensing skew for their business size isn't available or their region. Focusing on getting your data ready is the first step and your security and and whether that's in database security or sharepoint security you know putting all those prereqs in place now is going to actually allow you to adopt copilot faster. So it, it's a super important point. Mike, I want to actually take this a little bit of a different direction because oftentimes I think organizations struggle with too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to admins. And so when I think about the Microsoft 365 co-pilot, I tend to think of more of the, the Microsoft 365 global admin. You've got the power platform admin. So when we're talking about this accessibility, these plugins that you're talking about what admin center first does that manage? And I'm assuming Power Platform. And is this a new skill set that the Power Platform or the global admin needs to develop? And and kind of talk a little bit about maybe the the change from normal, maybe custom connector development or connector management. It's a
3: great point. And I think it goes back to the importance of security posture for Microsoft in this. Meaning that we are gonna have admins have the ability to really enable their security posture in two places. What is that? The ability to create plugins exists inside of Microsoft Copilot Studio. And Microsoft Copilot Studio, as a product of of Dataverse and Power Platform, exists at that environment level that we spoke about earlier. And so the admins of Power Platform exist within PPAC, have the ability, it's it's simply a toggle, uh, to be able to turn off and turn on kind of what that looks like and the environment to which users can publish plugins. So I go into Microsoft Copilot Studio, I create a plugin, that's there for my use or anyone's for that use in my environment. Now, as we think about publishing plugins across these other surfaces of Microsoft, you're right, now we're going from that environment construct to that tenant construct. So now we're talking about the Microsoft Admin Center, Kind of often we refer to it as Mac. And so that's where we get into the admin experience that exists at the Microsoft level. And so then you'll have a second kind of uh, experience, which is actually the titles in, in Mac that you see today to be able to turn off and turn on. And also delegate by user. So, do you want certain security groups? Do you want individuals, or do you want to turn this on for your whole organization? And I think there's certain things that we've seen, and it's always a good indication for me. Like when the lar- when large banks are doing this, it's a good testament that like other businesses that maybe perhaps have lower security should feel confident. Is there are certain plugins you may want to expose across your whole organization that may be related to finding parking spaces or information around HR, you know, general information that's available. And then there's some that you may only want to have for certain security groups or for individuals that have certain access already ascribed. And when you're in M365, then only those users see that information and that authentication is done server side, sync back into Dataverse. So there's a few different ways that um, you can kind of control that button. If you just want to play with it from an environment level, you have all of that, the PPAC admin, and you can play with them directly in that space. If you want to begin to go to Microsoft services and you can begin to think about how plugins will be exposed at Office and Excel and Teams and other places, Uh, then we're starting to become a little bit closer with the Microsoft admin. And uh, there's also those controls that exist at that level as well.
2: So a quick, maybe public service announcement, if you will. We have heard our customers and some of the complaints that said to us about all these different admin centers and having to learn all of these different things. What I can say is that we have absolutely heard you and we are working towards some solutions to help you in those areas so look for improvements coming in the near future
0: awesome thank you ken for for that psa the more you know so plugins are a topic i'd really like to get into a lot more specifically around the types of plugins when they're used what are use cases how does an isv approach plugins for their practice, implementation and deployment of those. And we touched on a little bit about security, but also just overall visibility of what's going on with those plugins, especially when ingested in Copilot. So I think that's going to be a future episode. So Mike, I don't want to put you on the spot, but we'd love to have you back on. And I would love a verbal commitment that you're going to, I'm joking, I'm not going (laughs) to put you up to that.
3: I'd be happy to come back on. I think this has been a great experience for me. And, you know, I appreciate just all the listeners out there. Like you come into this, you don't know you're getting into the ring here with, with Dr. No and the team. So I've learned a lot as well in this experience. I look forward to coming back and I'll make sure that on certain of these areas
0: that we touched on, we get you guys the, the right documentation for in show notes as well. Fantastic. Thank you, Mike. Hey, real fast though, if I'm curious of Dataverse and I want to get started in my organization, what's your recommendation for Power Platform Admin or... Or an admin just to take a look at dataverse and familiarize themselves with it
3: hopefully it's as easy as kind of jumping into actually the maker portal or the admin portal and, and clicking around hopefully we've lowered that barrier to entry obviously there's some learn docs associated with that that are available online uh, the communities are fantastic as well so if there's ever uh, any questions whether it's whether it's yammer groups whether it's external conferences there's a bunch of videos that came out from the microsoft power platform conference this past fall we continue to to lead into those those forums and, and we'll be available as well across the mvp community to make sure that we are responsive to any needs that are coming up
2: to mike's point we do try to meet the users the makers the consumers the isvs where they are so if you're in the admin center there should be documentation links there if you're on the web you should be quickly able to search for information inside of that if you're in the maker studio right there should be one click away from learning more about dataverse yep
0: yep lots of stuff and April Dunham does a lot of dataverse videos so shout out to April definitely take a look at those so okay Mike we'll put you on on the the agenda for uh plugins and we'll also talk about dataverse and fabric integration too I'm just gonna go do the the month of Mike I think that's what we're gonna have pretty soon <laughs> I'll get my copy ready and um I, I, will, I will I will say this as well that
3: this has really been something that I've been wanting to do for a while with this group and I'm thrilled again that we touched on the top the data versus is starting to be known amongst the community in a in a more pronounced way.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah 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 it is a it is a must know in the power platform world right now. So thank you again, Mike. Really appreciate it. We look forward to having you back on and thank you, Dr. No and Wendy. Always a pleasure Sean. Thanks all